Welcome back to the Lens Baby Podcast. This recording is not a continuation of the Moving Through Fear episodes. It's from a new series, Three Photos, One Lens Baby, where each episode explores the story behind three images, all created with the same Lens Baby gear. While it's best listened to while you're watching the video content, see the YouTube link in the description of this episode, we're including the audio content here as an exercise where I hope you'll pick up on aspects of the conversation that are more about your experience and where the speaker's vision overlaps your vision. I encourage you to listen to the audio version first and then view the video version to see the images that we discussed and how they differed from what you imagined we were talking about when you were just listening to the audio. To see all three photos, one lens baby episodes, go to youtube.com slash lensbabyusa. Hi, I'm Craig Strong. I'm here with Liz Wilson. Liz is a lens baby photographer. She is here to share with us three photos taken with one lens baby, and that one lens baby is the Soul 45. And welcome, Liz. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Where are you coming from? <laughs> I'm in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, which is like centrally located in Pennsylvania in the South. What kind of photography do you find most rewarding? I began taking pictures of my children, but recently they are less of subjects. <laughs> I've migrated more to subjects that don't require necessarily cooperation. <laughs> so I have been delving a little bit into macro or close-up photography. I especially like viewing the world in a way that not everybody sees it or experiences it necessarily, but that when I look at something in a particular light or something very small or a petals overlapping that no one else probably has seen it this way before. So first observing it that way, then using the tools, the lenses, the optics, the omni system, free lensing to give it an extra depth or magic or dreamlike feel. Add a, add a little emotion to it. So your kids were your main <laughs> subject for quite a while. Right, now, right. not so much. Correct. It's pretty familiar. Yeah. Now, it, now it's more of a, a focus on macro. You're using lens baby gear. You're free lensing. You're mm -hmm. shooting macro. So you're looking to see something that just has never been seen before. Yeah. Ex that's ex exactly it. I still it's get joy out of taking pictures of my children, which we'll see in a minute, but in a different sort of way than I used to photograph them. I assume they appreciate that change. <laughs> yeah, they, for the most part, do. Now it's always, hey, are you going to put that on Instagram? <laughs> so they're, do <laughs> they're double checking if the entire world's going to see this image or their friends are going to see it or if it's just going to be between us kind of thing. Yeah. Is, am I recognizable? Have I signed a model release? Pretty rough, soon you're rough. going to be talking to their attorney about what exactly. you can put out, what you can't. Let's talk about your first, what was your first lens baby? So my first lens baby was the original Composer Pro. I don't know if the original one, the Composer Pro <laughs> with the Sweet 35 optic. From there, you obviously you got the soul. Yes. How'd you get into the rest of the system? I took a macro class with Tiffany Kelly, who's also a Lens Baby ambassador. She opened my world to the Velvet 56. So for a long time, I just had those two. I was primarily using 
the Velvet 56 for my macro. And then I would use the Sweet 35 for more creative kind of movement. From there, I got one of the edge lenses, then I needed more edge lenses, then I got the Omni Crystals, then I got the Omni Filter. So it just expanded from there. My story with the Soul 45, I, I went on a little photo walk. It was a just a very small photo walk with also another Lens Baby ambassador, Caitlin Shadel. She's my actual literal next door neighbor, shares a fence next door neighbor, which is super cool because we can talk Lens Baby over the fence anytime we want to. Then another one of our friends who's a photographer, Nicole Albright, who is actually one of my students, we just walked around our little downtown. It was a December. It was cold. It was near Christmas time. Kate had the Soul 45. She said, hey, Liz, do you want to try this? I don't know. I think maybe a lot of people get into Lens Baby that way. I just want to try it. So I didn't get it. I don't know what it was, but I felt like I couldn't focus it. But there was one image that I took during that photo walk that I was like, I think actually I need this lens. <laughs> Part of my really wanting to get it was the challenge in it, was that like I didn't get it right away. I'm determined to get this. I'm going to make magic with it. With the Soul 2, I kept it still, locked in the center, didn't use the bokeh blades, just used it as it is. Then realized the opportunities through attaching the macro filters, putting the bokeh blades in different ways, tilting it to get your little tiny slice of focus over here. So that's my soul journey. I'm still on it. <laughs> Honestly, it is one of my favorites now. That's where yeah. we're ending up today. So let's get talking about that. I will yeah, switch sure. to that screen here. So this is your setup. You talked about the bokeh blades, the macro attachments. It has 46 millimeter filter threads on the front that allow you to put macro filters on. Right. And then the bokeh blades that slide into place and you can rotate them to change orientation. Tell me about the subject matter that you photograph with this. Once you had found that, hey, I can tilt it or I can add all these things. How did that open up your perspective about this particular lens? I started taking pictures with that lens just locked in the middle with just a landscape. So I could tell exactly where my focus point was. Since it has a fixed aperture, you take the lens cap off and turn on your camera. So I actually liked that, taking that step out of it because it it almost forces you to be creative in other ways. You can't be creative with the aperture because it is what it is. How else can you be creative with it? I really went to the macro element of it pretty quickly because that's where I was shooting at the time, really felt inspired by it. I have a local greenhouse that I like to go to when I need like a clearing of the head. And the greenhouse clears my headspace, then I'm able to be creative in a quiet area. And you can go there in the wintertime. The succulents in particular are sitting on these grates I found that when you use the bokeh blades with the grates, it almost feels like a painting. That's how I expanded my creative view of the soul. I just took the soul on a beach vacation. I hadn't been in probably five years. I went to the North Carolina coast. I found myself putting the soul on every sunset I could get. Wow. <laughs> I took a picture there of my son. He's 
walking on the beach, it appears as if he's alone because I was able to move the sweet spot way over to the edge and let the this ocean over here, the sky fade out into the blur. It allows you to tell some really rich stories that are poignant. You'll see in my pictures from that. Let's get into your three photos. Yeah. Looking at this image, there's just a ton of mystery here. I don't even know what's going on. Am I catching a stop action? I feel drawn into this because there is mystery. Then there's a subtle thing going on with the bokeh in the background where it's got the horizontal aspect to it, low key, except straight right in the center. This just feels mysterious to me. Talk to me. What about this image is important to you? You're going to find a theme with me that I use photography to help clear my head. This was one of those situations that I also needed my children to clear their heads as well. The way I do that is you typically to go into nature. So we have this meadow near my home. I said to the kids, we are not taking a hike. Don't worry. This is not going to be strenuous on you. I just want you to walk through the meadow. Enjoy whatever you can train your mind to have a positive attitude about this. So they did. They started exploring because that's usually what happens when you get into nature. You start experiencing what's around you. So I was taking photographs of these seed pods, which is what you're seeing, the thing that he's letting go of. I turned around. We were walking back to the, we're making our way back to the car. This is my son's hand. I turned around. I saw him playing with these seed pods, he just let it go. It wasn't a scripted thing. I'm so glad that it speaks to you because it speaks to me. It speaks to me too. Seeds in particular have that feeling of you can't grow unless you let go. This has that feeling of go flying and you will take root grow somewhere else, but you have to take that step to let go. That's what this one means to me. It also makes me feel a little bit about the freedom of childhood, that freedom to just explore, let your mind go. You talked about the bokeh. Tell me a little bit more about your choices there. You can see that a little bit of the bokeh blades, you can see a little Mm -hmm. bit of the lines in there. Since this was a meadow, the sunlight was shining on these little bits of plants that, that were popping up. So I knew that if when I turned around, that the sunlight would be shining on them, giving them that. The Soul 45, you'll see in my other pictures too, how, yes, it gives like this painterly feel, but it also gives a sense of movement. The bokeh blades give that sense of, of texture, depth. They also mimic the shape of those seed pods. That's how I used it in that instance. There is a dividing point here represented for me by the back of his hand. I love that there's a little separation from all the seed pods. Almost, this is what's happened. This is what's happening next. I'm letting go of these seeds. Like you said, you have to let go to to grow. It sounds like it has a lot of meaning to you. Oh, it definitely does, yeah. If you were to shoot this again in this scene, in this field, what would Mm -hmm. you be focusing on that, that maybe you didn't focus on this first walkthrough? I almost feel like I would back up a little bit to give the sense that those seeds were flying. So maybe compose him in the, the seeds would maybe be in the top left or the, even the bottom and they were flying up to give us a more negative space, I guess is what I'm saying. So backing up, adding more negative space to get the feeling of 
these are being re- released. By doing that, that also may add to what you viewed it as a sense of mystery. Hmm. There might be more mystery if there were more space. You would spread things out a little bit more, mm-hmm. not necessarily have everything concentrated in the center and create some some separation. Yeah. All right, let's move to the next one. Okay. Okay, this feels mm-hmm. otherworldly to me. Yeah. Tell me, why is this image important to you? Okay, this is actually taken at Duke Gardens. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is a beautiful place. I was going to Duke Gardens on this trip. My car had other ideas. (laughs) It was breaking down (laughs) as I was driving there. I had this tension, this unknown. Is my car going to get me home? Is it going to completely fail me when I turn it on, try to leave? But I had this also this determination, like I'm getting to Duke Gardens. Like I knew I needed to be there. This image was taken as I was walking back to the car. Again, I knew where the sunlight was. We in Pennsylvania do not have ornamental grasses that look like this. These are ornamental grasses. There's something about waving grasses. I've taken a zillion photographs of grasses. So I loved that I the soul was with me because sometimes when you shoot with the soul into the light, you get into the sunlight, you get this echo of sunlight, which is in the bottom of this image. This one also gave me a sense of peace. This light shining through, this is going to be okay. There's so much beauty out there. Cars are just a thing. Things will keep growing and moving. So that's that was the history behind that one. That is a very hopeful picture that you painted there, <laughs> that you're able to, in a very stressful moment, come in center, say, hey, yeah. this is what I'm here for. Let's enjoy right. this. Let's not exactly. worry about whether I'm hitchhiking home. <laughs> Let's be in the moment. Enjoy something that you don't normally see. Right. I'm looking at yes. the colors in this going, there's a hint of a earthly sky up there with some clouds, yes. maybe a little bit of blue, but then everything else are these warm pinks, reds, a little bit of green in there. But it's an unusual color combination to go along yeah. with an unusual treatment of the light because the halos that are happening in those ornamental grasses yeah along with what's happening with the focus what are you feeling in terms of how you got this effect or how the ornamental grasses created that effect i think with grasses in particular i like to look for the layers so i don't necessarily focus on what's right in front i like to focus on something that's in inside maybe a little bit further through the image. I think that gives it more of a 3D effect. A flat image can develop into this rich thing when there are layers. So I definitely use the soul to, with its aperture, to be able to focus a little bit inside of those grasses. So you feel almost like you're entering them, but also like you're moving toward that light. There's a, there's a sense like using the focus to guide the eye toward the light. I, like you said, I just love how the the soul's lens takes the light through the glass, through the grasses, bends it like that to add that s- almost swirl or halo effect. You do feel okay. like you're in the midst of it because there's obviously something a little bit anyhow in the foreground that's out of focus. And in the yeah. background, there's no detail and yet there feels like maybe there is. All right. 
Let me go to the third one here. Yes. Talk to me about what's important for you about this image. Where I live in South Central Pennsylvania is relatively rural. So we have a local farmer who rotates a sunflower field. So there's a sunflower field in one place. And the next year, of mm. course, due to the what it does to the soil, they move it to another place, rotate it out. He, he does it purely for the enjoyment of people. It's become this huge thing in our community. He used to just plant them. Now he, he creates specific parking spaces, makes spaces for, for photographers in particular, then they sell individual ones. The sunflower fields are an event in our community. You do have to drive a little bit to the outskirts to experience them, but they are an experience. I probably visit them every other day when they're in bloom because they are that powerful to me. Now, this particular location of where I took this is one of those I am determined because I know ex I know what this is going to look like when I get there. This is off the beaten path. Probably if you're not a determined photographer, you wouldn't be getting an image like this from this sunflower field because it dips down. But I knew the vantage, I knew where the high vantage point was. It's actually along a road. So I hiked myself there. I knew where the sun was going to set it. Sometimes it's about visiting many times, knowing where to be at the right time. <laughs> I use the Boca blades pretty heavily in this one. You can see it already in the petals in the parts of the sunflower that are in focus. And you can see a little bit of sun flare coming off. The Boca blades help with that. In this case, I did focus on what was directly in front of me because I wanted the feel of that expanse that the sunflower fields just go forever into, into the horizon. <laughs> Again, you mentioned hope in my last image. This image also gives that sense of hope that there there is light at the end of the day, that w it will come again, that sunflowers in particular, you turn their heads toward the light, but it's an action. You have to take it. <laughs> it's a choice to turn your head toward the light. So that's also what sunflowers remind me of. The vantage point that you're getting is unusual. Yeah. The yeah. gear you're using is unusual. You have all sorts of choices in terms of whether you use the bokeh blades, whether you don't. Your yeah. choice to use them just completely engaged. It looks like in a vertical orientation here. Right. To just sweep everything up toward the sun, probably contribute to that flare in the upper left-hand corner, which is right. pretty magical. Yeah. That's all coming into place because these flowers, they're not short. They're not short. No. No. Not so getting right. this angle of view is an unusual angle of view to get. Mm -hmm sunflowers. Did you hike through the flowers to get there or were there uh, paths? Yes. No, there are no paths. <laughs> it was walk along a country road that has no shoulder or walk the the line through the sunflower. So I chose the line through the sunflowers. So it, it, it also pays wear pants or tall socks so your legs yes. don't get ripped off. <laughs> yeah, you learn friendly. these things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you said every couple days when these are in bloom, you're there. Yep. So this is a culmination of a lot of time spent mm -hmm. with this subject matter. It, it's not yes. like you were driving by, jumped out of the car, and that was nope. your one experience. If you were, it sounds like you will, to shoot this again, what might you do different or look for differently or shoot differently in this scene? I'm not super thrilled about how bright the sun is in this. So I might even cut the sun off a little bit. Do you know what I'm talking about? So it's not the whole circle, but it's just like 
part of the circle. I think that would make it flare more. Getting it at, I would be more purposeful about what I did with that sun. Again, I might take this image. You know, the sun's pretty much in the middle, but not really. But I might take this image with the sun way off to the side, way off to one corner and tilt the sole so that the focus is way down in the other corner so that it gives that sense. But I definitely would still use the bokeh blades because I just love how they mimic the shape of the petals. Yeah, give that extra little flare. I look forward to seeing those images. Sounds like they're going right. to happen. They are. It's probably another month. These will be blooming. So I'm jealous. Yeah. That's great. What a great service <laughs> that farmer is giving to the community there. Absolutely. Liz, it is great to talk to you. I yeah, love I hearing the vision behind these because it goes quite deep. So yeah. I've got one more question for you. Yes. What's one thing that you've done or do on a regular basis that gets you out of a creative funk? I choose one lens. I say, I'm not taking anything else out with me. It's this lens. <laughs> it doesn't matter which one. It's like today it's a Velvet 85. That's the only thing I'm shooting with. I'm not giving myself any other options. I will create with this by taking away the choices of having a plethora of options. It forces you to be creative with what's in front of you, with what you have. It's also that gratitude to be thankful for what you have. It sounds like you've got a ton of options just with your lens yeah. baby gear. What about just choosing one lens, going out and saying, this is what I'm committed to. I'm leaving a lot of those other choices at home. Do you think is magical or brings you back to your creative self? I think it slows you down, makes you say, okay, what am I seeing without even raising the camera? What am I seeing? Then looking at what I have, I said the Velvet 85, so I'm just going to roll with that. Um, thinking, okay, so what are my options with this? Am I going to turn it all the way to get some macro? Am I going to open it all the way up and get this dreamy, hazy feel? Am I going to try to pull back, step back? A funk indicates that you're stuck in thinking in one way. By taking one lens, you have to think in, in a different way. Hmm. That's what spurs me on. Liz, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's great to hear the story behind your images. You are bringing your whole self to this. Love to have some insight into that. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for having me. You are yeah. very welcome. Have a wonderful day. All right. Thank you. You too.